Howdy! This is the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Monday, October 30th, 2023, I wish you the happiest of haunted refrigerator nights. Today's show, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports. Now, of course, The college football season is in full swing. College basketball is right around the corner. If you're looking for one platform that exclusively covers college football, college basketball in the Big Ten Conference, Big Banter Sports is the place for you. You can find them on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever you are getting your sports content make sure you find Big Banter Sports Network. Also, as always, a quick reminder, we've had a fair amount of new listeners, as is the norm when a new season begins. You've got some Ohio State basketball fans just now finding the show, so welcome. If this is your first time listening, please do me a favor and subscribe wherever you are listening to podcasts. It helps out the show a bunch. And as we always say, whatever helps out the show will also in turn help out you. So please make sure you're subscribed. Like the tweet. This is probably how you found this episode anyway. So go like the tweet that we posted publishing the newest episode of the views from the shot. That'll help more people get their eyes on it and help you make more Ohio State basketball friends, which we all love, of course. We are days away if you're listening on monday we are one week away from ohio state basketball and that should get you hyped they're playing oakland it's probably not going to be all that close of a contest and if it is close you're not going to be all that happy about it but ohio state basketball is seven days away this season preview series has taken over a month to get through and we are nearly finished up today we are going to do something that i do not like to do i've stated before i prefer to sit on the fence because it allows me not to be wrong and number two the second reason for it is because you as a listener you get the easy job of taking in content and giving your takes Whenever you want, you can be wrong, you can be right, it doesn't matter because there are no consequences for you. But for myself, no, the consequences, not only are there many, but they're swift as well. So as I go through these season predictions today, number one, I want to let you know that many of them will be wrong. So there is that. However, I'm out here giving my takes on a podcast that can't be deleted as easily as your tweets can. So if my final four predictions or my Big Ten predictions or my Ohio State predictions or whatever are something that you disagree with, then fine. But at least I'm stepping up to the plate and I'm giving my takes. Also, I'm not going to come bring you cookie cutter takes That's not how this show is going to work. It's not going to be boring. It's certainly not going to be vanilla. I'll have some takes here. I'll add some players. I'll subtract players on certain lists. And you may say, where is this guy? What is he thinking? Well, 
number one, I don't want to be boring. And number two, this is usually how it goes. You'll have a take, you'll have an opinion on a certain player. And guess what? Your take doesn't end up happening. And some player bursts onto the scene and becomes the next big thing in college basketball. Same thing with teams. Look at the Final Four last year. The the number one seeds, nowhere to be found. Final Four, Elite Eight, even Sweet 16. A bunch of upsets. So if it can happen, we've seen it happen before, then maybe these takes can happen as well. So here's where we're going to go with today's show. First, I'm going to take it as broad as possible. I'm going to assume that if you're listening to this show, you are a college basketball junkie. So I'll give some takes on some nationwide NCAA opinions. I'll give a first-team All-American list, projection, player of the year. I'll give my final four picks as well. And I'll even give a take on the national champion. Will it come from the Big Ten? Potentially. Then I'll go into the Big Ten. And I will... I've already previewed the Big Ten obviously, and if you missed those episodes, I would go back and give them a listen before the season begins, but I will get my first team, second team, and third team, all Big Ten teams. I'll give you my projected final Big Ten standings, Big Ten teams to make it into the NCAA tournament, and then finally, of course, we'll go into Ohio State. I'll give some season predictions there on where I think the roster will be, potential accolades that players will get, and if Ohio State does, in fact, make it into the NCAA tournament, what seed will they be? So all that and a whole lot more. So strap in, buckle up, the ride at times, it may be bumpy, but hey, we're going to do it together and we're going to hope it's a good time. So let's start with the NCAA and with that I must stack my papers together and straighten them up as I always do. The college basketball season is is about to begin so we're going to start with the NCAA overall landscape predictions here like I said I know a lot of people here are college basketball junkies not just Ohio State fans so I'm going to give some broad opinions here on today's show and I'm going to start with my selections of the first team all Americans now if you look at preseason lists You're going to find a bunch of players, first team, second team, third team, and you'll find even more, Pac-12 especially, where there's like 18 players making a preseason list. For me, it's not that way. Five players are going to make this All-American team, three in the backcourt, two in the frontcourt, because that's how basketball is played. I'm going to have a couple honorable mentions here, but to start, I'm going to go with the backcourt here, All-American. First selection is going to be a player that Ohio State plays this season, and that is Wade Taylor the fourth out of Texas A&M. I'm very bullish on Texas A&M this season, and that is in large part thanks to Wade Taylor the fourth. So last season, he averaged 16 points per game, averaged four assists per game, and I took a look at the game log to see, hey, was he better at a certain time of the season? Did he get hot? down the stretch the answer yes he did get hot down the stretch in his final eight regular season games he scored 18 points or more in seven of them so that would lead you to believe potentially wade taylor the fourth 
has got some more good play coming this season. He's playing on a very, very good Texas A&M team that I said already I like a lot. Wade Taylor the fourth is my first pick to be a first-team All-American this season. Now let's go to a Big Ten player, another one that Ohio State will play. This one, Terrence Shannon Jr. So look, again, my picks are not going to be vanilla. Terrence Shannon Jr. is probably not the most picked player to be first-team All-American, but I've got him in here. He averaged 17 points per game last season, dealt with some injuries on and off, but he closed the season very, very strong. He had five rebounds per game, three assists per game, an extremely complete player for Illinois. He can get to the rim. He can shoot from deep. He's left-handed, which is always fun. I think Terrence Shannon Jr. is going to carry Illinois this season until they can figure out who else is going to step up on this team. I'll talk more about Illinois in this episode, but Terrence Shannon Jr. is going to be my second pick as an All-American this season. Here's the issue, okay? I said that I'm going to have three players in the backcourt, two in the front court. The issue with college basketball this season is that the front court is loaded. So I'm just going to say Zach Eady, mm-mm, he cannot play in the backcourt. We know that. But could you get away potentially with playing this player as a quote-unquote three? Maybe. If Jason Tatum can be a quote-unquote three, then so can this player. And it's Kyle Filipowski. Kyle Filipowski, probably the best returning player in college basketball coming into this season playing at duke last year he had 15 points per game he had nine rebounds per game and he also came away with 16 double doubles basically in half of the games that kyle filipowski played in for duke last season he came through with double digits points and rebounds he can stroke it from deep he's a big body this right here is not only a phenomenal college basketball player but he's a phenomenal basketball player who will make it to the next level in the NBA he could have gone he could have left Duke and he could have gotten paid in the NBA he decided to stay with Duke this season Filipowski is a star he is very good I've got him in the upper echelon and a very short list of the best basketball players in college basketball this season let's continue with another player that Ohio State fans are very familiar with but will not have to play unless they take him on in postseason play, and that's Hunter Dickinson at Kansas. Obviously, we are familiar with Hunter Dickinson and the clowning that he did sometimes perform with Michigan and at times against Ohio State. A somewhat annoying player, but doesn't take away from the fact that he is super skilled. 19 points per game last season, 9 rebounds per game, 2 blocks per game this is a player that i'm putting in my first team i think that he's probably going to be a unanimous all-american like and maybe first team second team third team but he's going to be in there at some point i'm putting in him here simply because number one i think he's really good unfortunately a seven footer who can shoot the three that's something that you need and i wish ohio state had a player like that but I'm putting him in here as well because I think Kansas is going to be really good this season and I think he's going to be the best player on potentially the best team in college basketball this season so for that reason he's got to be there on the first team last player I will pick is a college basketball star who I think will be very bad in the NBA at some point and not have much a career 
in that description, if you've been listening to the show for long enough, you should know who I'm talking about. And that's Zach Eady at Purdue. By the way, Ohio State is going to play three of these five players, has played four of these five players, actually five of these five players. Ohio State, I believe, played Duke last season, unless my memory fails me, but I'm pretty sure they did. I should go back and look it up. I won't. I don't feel like it. And it's also not that important to me. So for that reason, I'm out on looking up if Ohio State played Duke last season. I can't remember. Uh, Zach Eady, though, 22 points per game, 13 rebounds per game. He swept all six Player of the Year awards last season. He steps into a Purdue team this year that has essentially no major subtractions on the team. This Purdue team is right up there with Kansas in terms of teams expected to not just make a push for the Final Four, but expected to potentially go out, run the table, and win the NCAA tournament. We know what Zach Eady is. 7-4, huge, difficult to guard, but if you can get up in him, you could potentially make him uncomfortable. And if he's not on the block, then He's not going to have success. So rather one-dimensional player, but in that one dimension, he is essentially unstoppable. couple honorable mentions here, players who I didn't mention that you would say I maybe you would have them in, in your first team All-American, and that's fine. They're just not mine. Some honorable mentions, Armando Bacot over at North Carolina. I'm sure he's going to step up and have another really, really good year. I don't have him on my first team. Tyler Kolick at... Marquette broken pass he can dish he can distribute the ball really impressive player really really good off the pick and roll we're going to talk about Marquette in a little bit here hint hint so I'll, I'll pause on talking about him for now Boogie Ellis over at USC another player I would mention Donovan Klingon at UConn Max Abrams Ohio State killer now at Texas I've got him listed here as well, and Tyrese Proctor at Duke. Again, this season in college basketball, it's a pretty light backcourt. There's a lot more talent in the front court, and when you talk about player of the year candidates, that's what we'll talk about next, and that's where you've got a lot of talent is in the front court. I've got three what I would call quote-unquote finalists to win player of the year this season in college basketball, and those three, of course, are included on my first team All-Americans. I've got Zach Eady, I've got Hunter Dickinson, and I've got Kyle Filipowski. I'm not sure that there's really a, a bad pick here. I don't know what betting odds look like. I probably could have, not only could I have looked this up before recording, I probably should have to see who is the leader here. I would assume it's probably Zach Eady since he did it last season, and it's hard to see him not taking this award again this season. So, the thing is, though, it's really hard to repeat in any kinds of these awards. You look in college football, Caleb Williams right now, pretty much no shot of taking the Heisman after winning it last year and being the favorite again this year. So I'm not going to take Zach Eady. I'm going to take Kyle Filipowski at Duke because, again, I think Duke is going to be really good. Kansas is going to be really good as well. I think Kyle Filipowski is, is one of the most versatile and talented players in all of college basketball. Duke will use him well. They used him well last season. He's going to stop and step into his sophomore campaign here, and I think he'll have a lot of success. So player of the year candidate, I'm going to go with Kyle Filipowski. Let's talk Final Four as we continue with these NCAA projections here. I've got a couple teams who will not be making the list. I'm going to start with, again, the quote-unquote honorable mentions. FAU is a team that burst onto the scene last season and made a run in the NCAA tournament 
And this is a team that is third in returning production in all of college basketball. Of the nearly 400 teams in college basketball, FAU is third. They're right in front of Wisconsin, by the way, who is in fourth. So I've got FAU not making the final four this season. They're a team that I I considered. Another team I considered. A few other teams I considered. I'll just kind of blow through, through these real quick. I've got Kansas. I've got UConn. And I've got Purdue as well that I think could make the final four, but they're not going to make my list. Other notes on the Final Four. We saw what happened last season. It's going to be very unlikely that these four teams make the Final Four because they're all projected to be powerhouses this season. If I hit on one of four, I'll be content. If I hit on two of four, I might have to play some money on these teams so that I can make some money. So we'll see. But first team I'm going to call out here making to the Final Four is going to be Duke. By the way, these are in no particular order. I'm going to take Duke. We've already talked about Kyle Filipowski. I mentioned Tyrese Proctor as well. Jeremy Roach as well steps into his senior season and experienced guard for Duke, who averaged 14 points per game last season. A lot of attention is going to be on Kyle Filipowski, but Jeremy Roach could be a player who's a first-team All-ACC guy. He could step up and really give Duke a push that they need. They're super deep as well. You look at the freshman class coming in, it's always good, but you've got a combination of TJ Power, Sean Stewart, Jared McCain. All of those guys are going to give plenty of depth to Duke. And for the first time in a while, I think you're going to see a Duke team that isn't led by freshmen. This is a talented freshman class. They've got a five-star, a couple four-stars coming in as well for the Blue Devils this season. I think this is a team that's going to be led by Filipowski and Roach and Proctor, guys who are stepping in, not as freshmen, but who have played in college basketball before. So I think that's going to help out Duke a lot. Duke is my first team in the Final Four. It's hard to see them missing. Another team that, again, I... This is probably the most far-fetched, but it's a team I'm really, really high on. I already spoke about Wade Taylor, the fourth. I'm going to take Texas A&M to be the second team here in the final four in my picks. They're sixth in returning production among power conference teams this season. Obviously, they've got a date with Ohio State coming up in about less than two weeks. They'll be playing the first Friday of the regular season. So we as Buckeye fans are going to get a good look at Texas A&M this season. They're, they, they've got a, a really, really tough um, non-conference schedule, which is going to help them be battle-tested. They're picked to finish first in the SEC, I believe, or second. Tennessee might be picked first in the preseason poll. But I've got Texas A&M as the toughest team Ohio State is going to have to play as well. Ohio State obviously has Alabama, UCLA, potentially Oregon as well. But I think Texas A&M is the best team Ohio State will play this season. They've got a good supporting cast, good rebounding team. Julius Marble there, Michigan State transfer. He's been good as a forward for Texas A&M. They rebound the ball well. They shoot free throws well. This is a really well-put-together team that finally made it to the NCAA tournament last season under Buzz Williams. I've got Texas A&M in the Final Four this season. Another team I'm on and that I'm super high on, I've discussed them already in this Big Ten season preview series. I already said Purdue's not in. The team I've got in from the Big Ten in the Final Four, ending this drought of Big Ten teams not making it to the Final Four, is Michigan State. Sparty. I'm going to talk about them again in the Big Ten predictions, so I won't say too much on them, but I've got a Michigan State insider who has said Cohen Carr 
the hype there, it's probably appropriate, but a player who's not getting enough love right now for Sparty is Xavier Booker. Stands at 6'11", he's going to play there in the front court for Michigan State. They are so talented right now. The number five in returning production among all power conference teams, and they've got the number five recruiting class. There is no more talented roster in terms of blue chip and returning blue chip talent than Michigan State has. Obviously, they've got Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogard in the backcourt. Mati Sissoko will be a nice piece, I think, playing center with Xavier Booker there in the front court. And I think if Tyson Walker can step up for Michigan State and really become potentially an All-American type player, maybe not first team, but he can be second team, third team, one of the best players in college basketball and especially in the Big Ten, Michigan State the sky is going to be the limit for them. So they're the third team I've got in the final four. Last team I'm going to take in the final four this season is Marquette. They're 10th in returning production this season. They're third among power conference teams in returning production. I talked about Tyler Collect. He was named Big Ten. Uh, sorry, not Big Ten. Big East preseason player of the year. Many have him. As a first-team All-American, probably the most popular first-team All-American player who I did not select in my preseason All-American first team. Like I said, incredibly gifted passer, really, really skilled with the pick and roll. He's really, really good catching and shooting as well. Elite catch and shooter. I believe he shot 46% on catch and shoot opportunities last season for Marquette. They've got Cam Jones, could be the best shooting guard in the Big East. He averaged 15 points per game last season. And Marquette, of the five positional awards in college basketball, as in you are the best point guard, you are the best two, you are the best small forward in college basketball, Marquette has four players listed on the preseason watch list for those awards. 80% of their starting lineup is on a national preseason watch list. That's impressive for Marquette. So I've got Marquette in the Final Four as well. So Marquette, Michigan State, Texas A&M, and Duke are my four Final Four teams. Now who's going to advance to the national title game? I've got Duke and I've got Michigan State advancing to play in the national title game in early April 2024 this season. And I'm sorry, if it's bold, you're going to have to hate me. There, there, there are some varying opinions on where Michigan State is going to be this season. But I'm taking Michigan State out of the Big Ten to win the national title game this season. I think Tom Izzo is going to be able to take this roster to the heights that it needs to go. Because if you look at this roster and you've got, I don't know, Hubert Davis or Buzz Williams, like we mentioned, coaching this team. I don't trust that this could potentially be a Final Four team. I know they could be. Will it? I don't know. The odds are lower. But when you've got Tom Izzo there, when you've got Michigan State playing in March, playing in April with an experienced backcourt, an incredibly talented freshman class, Michigan State, sorry Buckeye fans, I've got Sparty winning the national title this season. Let's go Big Ten. Big Ten predictions, shall we? So here's the thing about the Big Ten. So I just talked about college basketball as a whole, how the the top uh, of college basketball is really led 
by a bunch of forwards and centers. That's not the case in the Big Ten. So the Big Ten is led by essentially a bunch of guards who I think are going to be really, really good and really, really competitive this season. Here's where I'm going to start with the Big Ten. I'm going to go with my first team, second team, and third team selections. And again, the Big Ten's really good. It's just full of a bunch of like B-plus players, so it's hard to pick first team, second team, third team. Again, I'm going to leave off some players that may upset you. And if that's the case, then I apologize. But that's just the way it is because we're not making vanilla picks, at least on this preseason preseason season preview series season predictions show say that 94 times fast first team all big 10 i have got sparties tyson walker leading the way as first team all big 10 i've also got terrence shannon jr another player i projected to be an all-american zach Eady, another player i projected to be an all-american and then joining on the first team i've got jameer young and julian reese um this is a really really good big 10 i think that these all, all five of these players should be getting all big 10 accolades by the end of the season and i think that's kind of the the separation here between the first team and the second and third team Second and third team have got players who I think are going to be really good, but I'm not positive that they're going to be making a second team or a third team. These players on the first team, if they're not on the first team, they're going to be second or third team. All these guys are really, really good. So that's what I've got for the first team. For the second team, there's one player here who I project as definitely also being on an all-Big Ten team this season. Just missed out on the first team, and that's Boo Booey over at Northwestern. I've talked about Northwestern before. I think the Wildcats are going to be really, really good again this season. Boo Booey is going to lead the Wildcats, and I've got him on the second team. He's a player who's been a sneaky pick to be an All-American this preseason as well. Joining Boo Booey, I've got Fletcher Lawyer from Purdue because one of those two guards is going to have to be on the second team from Purdue. It's just going to have to be Fletcher Lawyer or Braden Smith. I've got Fletcher Lawyer. I've also got two Buckeyes on the list. Number one, I've got Bruce Thornton. He's a pretty popular pick by Buckeye fans. Uh, I tweeted out today, who do you project to, to be making some noise? What are your bold predictions this season for Ohio State? I had someone reach out and say, hey, I've got Bruce Thornton making first team all Big Ten and third team all American." We'll see what happens there. Bruce Thornton, I've got on the list. Joining him on the second team from Ohio State, I've got Jameson Battle. He's already looked really, really good. He's got a pure-looking shot. If he can get those shots to fall from deep this season, he's going to be easily on the second team, all Big Ten team this season. And then last, I've got Clifford Amori from Rutgers. I think that he's going to have a really, really solid season as well and could potentially be a first teamer if it wasn't for Zach Eady. And again, I put these teams together with essentially, I'm going to pick three backcourt players, two frontcourt players. If you don't like it, make your own list. Third team that I've got stepping in here may be a surprise. One name that you won't see listed here is AJ Hogard, but a Michigan State player that I do have listed here is Jaden Atkins. 
probably a wild card pick, maybe out of left field. You may be unhappy with me giving that pick, but I'm going to take Jaden Atkins. I think that he can take a step up in that Michigan State backcourt this season and provide the Spartans with what they need. I've also got just a random player here, Doug McDaniel from Michigan. I'll talk about Michigan in a second where I project them to be in the Big Ten. I'm taking Doug McDaniel because he showed it last year, and I think he's going to have to step up this year and be leaned on at Michigan with the amount of departures that they've got. I've also got Wisconsin's A.J. Store stepping in as well. He's looked really good from what I've seen at Wisconsin so far. I think he'll be able to step up and be really, really good for the Badgers this season. And then rounding out the third team, I've got two more Ohio State players. Number one, I've got Zed Key. If he could do it last year in half a season, no reason why he can't do it this year in hopefully a full season, minus that he's down 20 to 30 pounds. Not sure if that's going to help him or hurt him, but it will allow him to play the four a little bit. Hopefully he can still rebound as well and score at the hoop. So we'll see what happens with him. I've got him on the third team. And then I've got my darling, the guy who I have been ooing and eyeing about since last season before he even got much playing time for Ohio State, and that's Roddy Gale Jr. Roddy Gale Jr. is my last pick to be on a Big Ten all-third team. All-Big Ten third team. I should say Roddy Gale. Those are my picks. First team, second team, third team. Now i got to figure out where I want to go here because if I go final standings, that's going to spoil some things for you. Uh, but I believe that's those are the last picks that I have for the Big Ten. Let me check just so I know I'm not crazy. Yeah, I'm not crazy. So let's go Big Ten final standings here. And this will give you an idea of where I see Ohio State more than likely. I'm going to start from 14 and move down. I've got a couple tiers here in the Big Ten. The first tier is what I like to call very bad because I think these teams are very much not good. 14th in the Big Ten this season, I'm picking Minnesota. And 13th, I'm picking Penn State. Those two teams are going to be the the cellar dwellers of the Big Ten this season. And it's just going to be a battle for who can finish in 13th. So good luck to you, Penn State and Minnesota. This next tier, a couple of teams that I think they could be plucky here and there, but not a team I really have. A lot of confidence in finishing in 12th in the Big Ten this season. I've got Nebraska. Obviously, they've got Kasey Tominaga, who could potentially put up 20 points a game. For Nebraska, he's another player who maybe was snubbed from all Big Ten accolades. But I've got Nebraska finishing in 12th. I've got Michigan finishing in 11th. Obviously, they lose Hunter Dickinson. They lose a couple of players to the NBA draft and to transfers and all those types of things. Jawan Howard, is he's got his work cut out for him this year. Whenever he returns to Michigan, he's just going to have to put in the work and, and see what he can do with this team. I don't have a lot of confidence in Michigan this season. Moving into the top 10, and the last team in, in this kind of second-to-last tier in the Big Ten, I've got Rutgers. Rutgers is a team that has some pieces in place. I think this is going to be a somewhat down year for the Scarlet Knights. But next season, this Rutgers team, and, and in two years from now, it could be really, really good because they've got a nice recruiting class coming in in 2024. There should be a lot of optim optimism there in New Jersey for Rutgers. In ninth place, I've got Indiana. This was a team that I've said before. I expected them to be battling for double buy in the Big Ten tournament. I just... 
for all of these teams, it's can I make a, a, a case for it? Can I make a case against it? And I know that that is super deep. It's really smart of me to come up with a concept like that. But I just I can't find a path for Indiana to be maybe in the top half of the Big Ten. Sure, they can finish seventh. They can finish sixth potentially. But for them to be any higher than that, I just don't see it. I think their front court is going to be potentially really, really good this year, but their back court is going to struggle. And if you want to, if you can reverse that, that would be ideal. But having a crowded front court isn't necessarily the best because you're not going to be able to space the floor. You're not going to be able to potentially hit as many threes. So for that reason, I've got Indiana at ninth. Next tier I'm going to go into here, and this is going to be kind of a, a huge clump of teams. Um, I've got Iowa finishing in eighth place in the Big Ten. They lose their top two scores, but they return scores three, four, and five. Tony Perkins is, in fact, on the Iowa Hawkeyes. He'll lead the way. I think he's good enough to get Iowa potentially to an NCAA tournament with a with a somewhat strong supporting class. And, of course, another Iowa player. You've got Bryce Sanford coming in to uh in the freshman class iowa keeps in the family so good for them and then the non-conference schedule is going to give them a chance to make the ncaa tournament they've got creighton oklahoma seton hall or usc and iowa state as well in the non-conference so they'll be able to build up that resume i've got iowa as a bubble team and i've got iowa in the ncaa tournament as an 11 seed i think they're one of the last four teams in the NCAA tournament based on an at-large bid. I've got Iowa in eighth place in the Big Ten. I've got eight teams out of the Big Ten making it to the NCAA tournament. That may be a little too optimistic for the conference, but that's what I've got. Number seven, I've got Wisconsin finishing in seventh in the Big Ten. And this is my classic case of, can I make a case for this team to be good? Can I make a case for this team to be bad? I cannot draw up a scenario at this point where I'm confident that Wisconsin misses the NCAA tournament. I already talked about AJ Store. They've got Chucky Hepburn, Connor Asijin, Tyler Wall. They're coming off a strong NIT tournament run, which take that for what it's worth. I'll take how hot they were at the end of the year. They return 12 of their 15 players, their number one in returning production among all power conference teams other than FAU, unless Wisconsin was above FAU. Rewind 15 minutes and figure out what I said there because I don't want to go look back at my notes. And again, I can't see them missing the NCAA tournament basically because the non-conference schedule is there for them. They've got Tennessee, they've got Providence, Virginia, Marquette, Arizona. That's going to be brutal, but those losses are going to be a lot more impressive than, I don't know, Rutgers losing to Oregon State or whichever lower tier Big Ten team plays Oregon State this season. So that's going to help them out with the resume, with their strength of schedule, and all those types of things. And I I think, again, with the run they made last season, with the talent that they have, all the returning production, it's hard to see this team out of the NCAA tournament when they barely missed it last season. So I've got them in as a nine seed. Number six in my Big Ten standings, I've got Illinois. For the life of me, I can't figure out why Illinois is ranked. Actually, I do know why Illinois is ranked in the in the preseason AP Top 25. It's because that poll is a joke. However, 
Illinois led by Terrence Shannon Jr. I said it before. I think he can carry Illinois, especially in this first half of the year where they're figuring out what the heck this rotation is going to look like. This is a wild card team, but I've got them in as they figure out what the supporting cast is going to look like. Here's the good thing. Illinois' non-conference schedule is extremely backloaded. They've got Marquette, they've got FAU, Missouri, and Tennessee, and the the toughest of these games are going to be played in December. That's good for a team like Illinois that probably doesn't know what their rotation is going to look like until early December at the absolute soonest. This is just a weird Illinois team. Again, you've got Terrence Shannon Jr. there. You've got Coleman Hawkins also returning for Illinois. I've got them in as a sixth seed. Finishing in fifth in the Big Ten Conference, I have got your Ohio State University Buckeyes. I'm just going to leave it at there for now. I'm not going to tell you their their record prediction or their, their Big Ten record or anything like that. I'm just going to leave it at that because we'll talk Ohio State at the very end. I've got them finishing fifth in the Big Ten standings. Finishing in the top four, number four, I've got the Northwestern Wildcats. Now, I'm sick and tired of how low everyone is on Northwestern this season. They get Boo Booey back. They lose Chase Adige. But for the most part, they are returning most of their production from a season ago. The issue with Northwestern is, again, that non-conference schedule. They will play Mississippi State. That is the only notable non-conference game for the Wildcats this season. So in order to make it in, they're going to need to make a run in the Big Ten. I think that they'll be able to do that. I've got them finishing fourth, potentially with the exact same record in the Big Ten as Ohio State. And I've got them finishing as a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament simply because I don't think that that resume is going to be very strong in comparison to other power conference teams. Top three in the Big Ten, and the last team in this second-ish tier in the Big Ten Conference, I've got Maryland. Julian Reese, Jameer Young, one of the best duos in the Big Ten. You've got one really strong guy in the backcourt, one really strong guy in the frontcourt. They've also got a non-conference schedule that has Villanova, UCLA, and Clemson. It's not the toughest. There are teams finishing below them in my projected Big Ten final standings that will have tougher schedules. And I've also got them as a six seed. So the exact same as Illinois. I think that they'll have a better Big Ten conference record than Illinois. But I think that Illinois is going to have a better um, um, non-conference schedule resume. So I've got Maryland finishing in third, and then my top two teams in the Big Ten. This is the first tier, the upper tier, the upper echelon. It's between Michigan State and Purdue. I've told you how high I am on Michigan State, so I've got Purdue finishing in second. They're fourth in returning production among, among power conference teams this season. I've got them slotted in as a two seed this season. Look, they're a number one seed last year. They really are not losing any notable players this season. Zach Eady is back, Fletcher Lawyer, Braden Smith, and the non-conference schedule is going to give them plenty of opportunities to be a high seed in the NCAA tournament. Xavier, Gonzaga, Tennessee or Syracuse, Alabama, like Ohio State plays Alabama as well, Arizona, this team has got everything that it needs to put together a strong regular season. The other thing that Purdue has that a lot of teams that have this season, like Purdue did last season, doesn't have is 
they were embarrassed to end the year last season. They completely underachieved to end the season last year. So because of that, this team is going to be motivated. It's going to have a chip on its shoulder. Urban Meyer before has talked about the hardest thing to do in coaching is to motivate your team after winning a championship. Guess what? Purdue doesn't have that. So they may drop a couple games in Big Ten play. This is still going to be a very, very good team. Zach Eady, still a very, very good college basketball player. And in first, I've got Michigan State. I've got them as a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Like I said, they're fifth in returning production among Power 5 teams. I've already talked about this roster up and down. I cannot figure out how Michigan State does not finish in the top two of the Big Ten, a, a one or two seed in the NCAA tournament. I've got Michigan State finishing in first in the Big Ten. So I'll run through that again really quick for those scoring at home. I've got Michigan State in first, Purdue in second, Maryland third, Northwestern fourth. I've got Ohio State fifth, followed by Illinois, Wisconsin, and Iowa all making the NCAA tournament, finishing in ninth in the first big team, first Big Ten team not to finish in the NCAA tournament. Indiana, Rutgers after that. Bottom four, I've got Michigan, Nebraska, Penn State, and Minnesota. Hate on these picks as you will, but that's what I've got for the Big Ten in terms of season predictions this year. Last thing we got to talk about here is our one and only Ohio State Buckeyes. Let's get into some picks here now. Season predictions for the Ohio State University men's basketball team. As of recording and hopefully as of listening or watching, we are seven days or less. Has to be that from the college basketball season beginning. So let's talk Buckeyes. I've got a couple individual awards or accolades here that I'll touch on before we get into predicting where Ohio State goes this season. So I'm going to go with a team MVP. I'm going to go with a newcomer of the year, and I'm going to go with a breakout player. Let's start with breakout player because you already know who that is. If you have paid any attention to this show, even if you've paid any attention to this episode, you know I am all in on Roddy Gale Jr. I'm pushing every single chip that I have. I'm stealing other people's chips. No, I'm not because that wouldn't be moral. But if I could, I would be pushing every chip that I would have into the middle of the table saying Roddy Gale Jr. is my breakout player of the year. I've got him third team, all Big Ten. I am so in on Roddy Gale Jr. He can defend. He's going to step up and not battle for playing time this season with Sean McNeil. He'll be the starting shooting guard for the Buckeyes. He shot incredibly hot down the stretch for Ohio State. Uber athletic. He can jump out of the gym. He can defend block shots. Everything that you look for in a player Roddy Gale has at this point. I've got Roddy Gale's Ohio State's breakout player of the year. Newcomer of the year for Ohio State. There's a couple options here. Obviously, Jamison Battle is going to be the obvious pick, but you can't forget about Dale Bonner. Maybe Tayson Chapman, once he gets healthy, can take a step up for Ohio State. Could be Scotty Middleton as well, but my pick for newcomer of the year is going to be Jamison Battle. After I saw that Ohio State-Dayton exhibition, I know it was a scrimmage. I know it wasn't a real game. I don't care. He looked really, really good. His shot, his jumper looked so fluid. And if he has the ability to hit those short corner shots, which are really difficult to make, 
He can drive. He can score at the rim. If he can hit the three, he's going to take Ohio State to another level this season. So I've got Jameson Battle as Ohio State's Newcomer of the Year and the team MVP. You can think of a few players, most likely. Jamison Battle, one. Bruce Thornton, another. Maybe Roddy Gale with an outside chance. Maybe Zed Key, Felix Akpara, Scotty Middleton. I don't know. Plenty of players who you can pick. I'm going to take Bruce Thornton. I've got Bruce Thornton leading Ohio State in scoring this season with Jamison Battle, second. I've got Zed Key, third in terms of scoring for Ohio State this season. But Bruce Thornton, I think, is going to be the guy. We saw it again in the scrimmage against Dayton. I've heard nothing but good things about Bruce Thornton in practice. He is going to be the catalyst for Ohio State's offense this season. He shot the three really, really well last year. He shot the three really well against Dayton. He can shoot and score from the paint, from mid-range. He can distribute the ball well as well. He's going to be the guy running this Ohio State offense. I'm all in on Bruce Thornton this year being the best player for Ohio State and being the most valuable. Let's talk record predictions and where I see Ohio State going in the NCAA tournament if they make it. Let's start with the non-conference. So the non-conference has some some tough teams on it, obviously. Of course, they've got Texas A&M. They've got Alabama. They've got UCLA. They've got Oregon or Santa Clara as well. I think that there's maybe one trap game as well in the non-conference of teams that won't make the NCAA tournament unless they win their conference. But overall, Ohio State will be tested. I've got them at 8-3 and three in the non-conference. So as we enter December and as we get into January, especially when the non-conference is officially over, 8-3. and three. Would you take that from Ohio State? I think you would, especially when a team wins 15 games last season. So I've got Ohio State finishing 8-3 and three in the non-conference, losing to Texas A&M, Alabama, and UCLA. I've got them beating Santa Clara because they would lose to Alabama in the Emerald Coast Classic I would project that they would take on Santa Clara in that next game and that they would beat Santa Clara. So 8-3, and three, I don't think Santa Clara is going to be all that important of a win. I don't think that's an NCAA tournament team, but 8-3 and three in the non-conference. So let's go into conference play this season. For the Buckeyes, I got them finishing 12-8. and eight. And finishing 12-8 and eight in the past couple of seasons, that would have gotten you tied for second place in the Big Ten last season. Two seasons ago, it would have gotten you tied for fourth place where three teams were tied there. And then three seasons ago, it would have gotten you in fifth place alone. And that fifth place team was Ohio State. I've got them at 12-8, and eight, finishing in the Big Ten. Um, in terms of teams that they're playing, I think they'll get swept by Indiana. Why? I don't know. Um, I don't think Indiana's going to be that good. I, I think that Indiana's going to be worse than Ohio State in the Big Ten Conference. I still get them getting swept by Indiana. I think going into Indiana, Indiana, playing there, especially in early January where there's going to be a lot of hype for that Big Ten conference game. I've got Ohio State losing that. And then they'll play Indiana at home in a stretch that's going to be really, really brutal for the Buckeyes. So I've got them losing there. I've got them beating Northwestern. I've got them sweeping Michigan, a loss to Michigan State, and splitting with Wisconsin as well. So kind of the expectation there is, you know, a couple losses that you maybe wouldn't like to take, a couple wins that you you would love to have that I think Ohio State can get. I've got them finishing 12 and 8. And at that point, you're comfortably 
in the NCAA tournament if you're finishing 2011 and 12 and 8. That's the record I've got them at. That's what they finished at in in 2020 when COVID ended the college basketball season. So I've got them with the exact same record in in conference play and 2011 in regular season play. I project that that will get them to a number seven seed for Ohio State. So if you're looking for the views from a shot, official prediction of where the Ohio State Buckeyes will go this season, I've got you. I've got Ohio State going 20 and 11, 12 and 8 in the Big Ten Conference. My light just fell below me, so YouTube watchers, um, sorry or not really sorry about that. Um, podcasters, don't worry about it. I've got Ohio State, again, 20 and 11, 12 and 8 in the Big Ten, fifth in the Big Ten, seventh in the NCAA tournament seed. And to get to the Sweet 16, just like a couple years ago, they're going to have to beat a two seed. They weren't able to beat Villanova a couple seasons ago. This year, will they have to beat a two seed? Maybe it'll be a 15 seed. Who knows? But if Ohio State finishes seventh, it's going to be a tough round of 32 game. We've talked about it a bunch. Can Chris Holtman get this team to the Sweet 16? Can this team do it? 100% they can. Do they have the potential? Yes. Will they? It's hard to say. It really depends on, I think, how high can Bruce Thornton take this offense, how big of a piece is Jameson Battle, and what does the development of Zed Key look like? Will he be a four? Will he be exclusively a five? It'll depend on, I think, those different factors for Ohio State, but I'm pretty high on the Buckeyes this season. I think they'll be pretty comfortably in the NCAA tournament. I think they'll be fighting for a double bye in the Big Ten tournament, which is what I've been asking for pretty much all offseason. So I think the Buckeyes can do it. So that's what I've got for Ohio State in terms of a season prediction this year. Now I need a sip. Okay, so a a few gulps there, and and we're back at it. But that's what I've got for season predictions this year, both in the NCAA, in the Big Ten, and in college basketball. Now let me know, okay? I'm going to tweet out some of these predictions for you to tear down or to build up, that's your choice and you can do either. And my feelings won't be hurt either way. But I'll tweet some of these out. You can give me your opinion on what teams or players I'm too high on, who I'm too low on, whatever. But that's what I've got for season predictions this season. Now, coming up on Wednesday, we are going to talk mailbag episode. I'm going to try to get one more special guest in if we're able to. So, if you're not following on Twitter, which I don't know why you wouldn't be, but make sure you're following on Twitter at the shop pod. Find us there. I'm going to send out a tweet, ask for your mailbag questions, and answer as many as I can heading into the season. And then on Friday, we are going to be previewing Ohio State's game number one, team 125, game one against Oakland. Cannot wait for that. And then by Monday, We will be watching Ohio State basketball. So again, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. You can find us wherever you're getting your podcast so that you're not missing out on any of this content as the season goes on. Make sure you're following on Twitter and Instagram at The Shop Pod so that you don't miss out on any content there. But we are going to have you covered. This is going to be the first ever full season of the Views from the Shop podcast. We just started this up. In, in late in the season last year. 
So I'm excited to be with you for an entire college basketball season. I cannot wait for the season to be back. We are so close to being there. So make sure you stick around for everything that is coming your way. I appreciate you listening today to the Views from the Shot podcast. I will shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks.